Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, May 18th, and we've got four tickets to be punched to Philadelphia for championship weekend on MDW on deck for us this weekend. Four quarterfinal games in the NCAA tournament. Dukes, how are we feeling, brother? Heading into quarterfinal weekend, we've got seven games left on the season. Two more wins, and Notre Dame's in the championship. Three more wins, and Notre Dame finishes the job, as gets their national championship, gets that monkey off their back, loses the title New Blood, and they become a Blue Blood officially. I'm going to give them the official title of a Blue Blood, that like the first school that's a Blue Blood and only having one national championship. Um, but yeah, season's coming to an end. It's kind of weird looking at the schedule. It just gets smaller and smaller every week. Conference championships a couple weeks ago, obviously first round last week, and then you just keep looking at like the inside lacrosse tabs before these episodes, previewing the game during the day, previewing the games during the day, and uh, just just weird, weird time of year, just seeing the schedules get smaller and smaller, but feeling excited for this weekend. Yeah, you're you're always good at, at tying this back to college basketball. Like, who would be a, a Notre Dame comp? in the college basketball world, a team that if, so let's say Notre Dame gets, let, let's say they finish the job, they get three more wins. They win a national championship and they make that turn from new blood to blue blood. Like who, who would that be in the college basketball world? Well, wow, it's a great question. I guess like right now you could kind of put it, uh, I would kind of compare them a little bit to a Gonzaga. Like, I don't know which really other program currently that has zero national championships, but at the same time has so much recent tournament success. And again, it's 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 weird because it does come back to Notre Dame hasn't been to the Final Four since 2015, but for a while there they were making the Final Fours, which seemed like every single year. So I think it's just Gonzaga. I think that Kevin Corrigan is kind of like Mark Few built this program up from the bottom up. It's been there forever has had success, but just needs this monkey off his back to be considered one of the all-time greats. Um, where yeah. do, where do we think actually this is the, now, now we're just kind of spitballing all, and this is, yeah. you know, the, the way that every episode goes, but this is already getting a little bit off the, the typical rails, just about three minutes into the episode, but where do we think, so let's say butterfly effect here. Uh, great movie, by the way, with Ashton Kutcher. Underrated movie, um, dude. Yeah. So good. So I need to uh, see it. I need to see it. I was on TikTok, watched a couple of minutes of it. Looks fantastic. Wait, on TikTok? Yeah, like this is really getting off the rails. Now we're three and a half minutes in. You're thirty <laughs> seconds into your story. But TikTok has like these movies. It's like part one of forty-five, and you just watch the entire thing. And I get wow. stuck doing it every single night. Got stuck with Butterfly Effect. Need to see it. But keep Dude, going. I'm pretty sure, uh, what's her name? Brittany Murphy might have been in Butterfly Effect, too. Yeah. I want to say that she was in it. RIP, gone too soon. Uh, but yeah, Brittany Murphy. I think Ashton Kutcher's in that one. So, yes. I mean, yeah, un- underrated flick. But um, but Butterfly Effect, let's go back. National title game. CJ Costabile face off, goes down, scores on. Good friend of the program, Scotty Rogers. Got to have Scotty Rogers on sometime soon here. Um, but let's say Butterfly Effect, we, we go back in time and we, uh, we retcon that and Notre Dame wins that national championship. Like where, where do we think that Notre Dame is as a program right now? Like, obviously they're, they're an elite program, but like, do we think that they're like gunning after national championship number five this year? Maybe if, if they got that monkey off their back then. For sure. I mean, you have to think at this point, what 
So they have the championship under Scotty Rogers. And then I probably win two there because the butterfly effect. If Scotty Rogers makes that save, I'd probably win two national championships as a goalie at Notre Dame. And then I guess Liam Entenman would then be gunning for that spot. Like, who's the best goalie in Notre Dame history? Is it Kevin McDougal or is it Liam Entenman? So, like, the butterfly effect, like you were saying, like, has really changed the course of history as we know it. Like, now I'm sitting here as a podcaster and Notre Dame has no national championships. But, um, no, I think that really CJ Costabile for damages. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about how much money CJ Costabile has lost me from endorsements, uh, education-wise, like what the Notre Dame, the alumni system, what, what he kind of like stripped away from me. Not not the players on the on the 2009 uh, Notre Dame lacrosse roster, but what he stripped away from me personally. Um, yeah, but CJ Costabile low-key ruined my life. Yeah, I mean, you could have you could have made hundreds of dollars being an ambassador for uh, adrenaline lax or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I could have made hundreds of dollars being a 2010 uh, wearing the uh, adrenaline socks, but now now I make hundreds of millions podcasting about lacrosse per episode. Yeah. Um, all right, well, yeah, I mean, listen, you're you're totally right though. All we we've got eight teams left playing NCAA men's Division One lacrosse, and all eight of them right now are just three wins away from climbing to the mountaintop. Uh, some of these teams, we expected it all season long, right? We, we expected Duke and Notre Dame to come back after missing last year's tournament with a vengeance. Uh, we expected them to be here at the end. We expected a team like Virginia, who's been here, what seems like like a decade in a row now, um, after winning back-to-back national championships in 2019 and 2021 uh, in making it to the quarterfinal and then losing to Maryland last year, uh, we expect Virginia to be there. Georgetown's one of those ones where like you could say that they were going to be here at the beginning of the episode or at the beginning of the season. I don't know if everyone would like fully believe it. Right. Like I, I think maybe, I don't know how much money people would have put on, uh, on on riding Georgetown to the quarterfinals, but it wouldn't be like too crazy to hear. But to have Penn State have the comeback year that they did after just such an embarrassing year in 2022, uh, to have Hopkins not like not be back as a bit, but to be actually back playing in a quarterfinal appearance. They're now just four quarters away from potentially making it back to the final four. Right. Uh, and then army just, uh, you know, kind of like a dark, a dark horse pick. Uh, I, I mean, if, if you said that they couldn't get here, then you hate the troops. You're probably either Canadian or Russian or whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, Army's definitely not a team that we would think of as a team to be just four quarters away from making the final four at the beginning of the year. So, uh, Oh, and then of course, Michigan, Michigan, if you would have told us at the beginning of the season that Michigan is just four quarters away from making it to the final four would have said, Hey, that's a hilarious joke. Like you should have a 30 minute stand up special on comedy central. Um, but Michigan is here. So yeah, I, I'd say half the field makes sense something that isn't all too surprising uh, and another half of the field just kind of, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, obviously it, throughout the whole season, it's built towards this way. So it's not as surprising in the moment. Um, but I, I would love to like be able to just go back and talk to our, our past selves in February and let them know that this was the quarterfinal and just see what our reaction would have been then. Right. Three big time teams will be, Three Big Ten teams will be in the quarterfinals. 
zero Ivy League teams will be in the quarterfinals. One of those Big Ten teams won't be Maryland. I would have been like, who in Ohio State? Like, yeah. Like, okay, Ohio State. Like, it just like. Well, here's the yeah. thing. I probably would have said like Ohio State, Rutgers. And, and then, yeah, like I, I would probably say, okay, like Penn State bounces back. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Maryland backup somehow formed another team. And then they yeah. made, they made yeah. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland, JV, Ohio State, Rutgers. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And again, it's it's not all that surprising as we're watching it happen in real time. I mean, uh, Georgetown. This is a team that's won 13 games in a row. Uh, Michigan, they're playing with unbelievable juice right now. Like that's a team where, listen, uh, eventually the magic has to run out. You would think like uh, the clock's going to strike midnight. The I, I haven't watched Cinderella enough to know, but like it goes back, like the coach turns into a pumpkin or something like that. Um, eventually that has to happen for Michigan. But like we thought that that would happen maybe in, in once they got into the tournament didn't happen. Maybe thought that would happen in the Big Ten championship game and that they wouldn't, you know, be able to win and get that AQ right. into the tournament. Didn't happen then. So we keep expecting the magic to run out for Michigan. It hasn't yet. So we can't definitively say that it won't happen this weekend against Duke. There's listen, there, there's a good chance that Duke comes out and puts a smackdown on them, sure. But you never know. Crazier things have happened. Um, Army's a team where listen, they're just relentless bastards and they're gonna grind you down. Um, so you know, they, they, they could obviously get it done. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's not all that surprising, but it's, it's certainly shocking. Right. I think that I saw someone say that, like, like on Twitter, I was getting, cause I said, there's no shot in shit that Joe Alberici should be considered for coach of the year. Not cause he's a bad coach or what army has done. And I want to speak on that. It's not. It has nothing to do with that. It speaks volumes for what Tambroni and for for what Milliman have done. Like, what what people really are downplaying how much heat Milliman got in like year one, like like last year, he was getting dragged. People were calling for his job. Like, I remember in the beginning of the year, I even said like, like they need to get a Hopkins alumni in the building to be the head coach. Like, it's going to be Crawley in a couple of years. Like, for what he's done now, like. The foundation's there for what he wants to build. If this is just, like, I don't even think this is a complete process. I think it's scary how good Hopkins was in a year that I don't even believe this is their full potential. No, no, not 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 even close. I mean, listen, they they've got dogs on offense, uh, but I, I think like I think right now it's great, and maybe this is Hopkins' identity moving forward. Exactly, their um, identity is now built. Yeah, but but I'm saying like maybe this is their identity moving forward where they're built from the back out as, as opposed to, you know, what we've come to to know from Hopkins for just so many years. So but like even still, like you're now that Hopkins is back and they were always going to get the MIAA kids like they, they were always going to get those recruits like there's always a kid from. Loyal Blakefield or, or boys Latin or McDonald, like who's going to want to stay home and play for Hopkins. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like for a few years there, the program that the name took a hit, the logo took a hit and now having them back, like they're going to get all of those top tier offensive guys again. 
So yeah, you have a fucking nasty defense, uh, but you're going to be able to add even more offensive potential to that roster on a, on a team that already has, you know, Russell Melendez and Matt Collison. So yeah, uh, Hopkins is definitely in a spot where like this, this is probably the standard for them moving forward. They might not be quarterfinal every year, but they're going to be a team that like is very comfortable in this situation for the next, however many. And when you really think about Cornell going to the final four last year, and you think about Cornell potentially being a tournament team, being a top five, four team for most of the year, who mostly built that roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like Busey gets a lot of credit and he should, but you got to also think about like, it's kind of like the 2000, the people figured about the 2000 Ravens story. Let me tell you about the 2000 Ravens and that badass defense. People talk about Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick uh, doing shit with the Cleveland Browns or whatever. What people don't want to tell you is that Bill Belichick built that defense. He just didn't have Ray Lewis. He built that defense. He gifted the Ravens a Super Bowl. That, that's that's a fact. Connor Busick walked into a pretty good team. He didn't have to build that team. He didn't have to have those like those years. So all I'm saying is it's definitely something to consider as a lacrosse fan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but like, think he came in there in what though, 2020 or may, maybe interim yeah. in 2019? Yeah, but like Adler recruited by Milliman. All these seniors recruited by Milliman. Yeah, this, this he got the senior class. Yeah. And probably some of, I, I, I would say probably some of the juniors. I, I'm, I'm like Busick is definitely under the Milliman coaching tree. I, I don't want to give Milliman deserves credit. I don't know if I'm going to say like Busick just walked into it and took it. Like he had, he had a long road to get them there with, with 2020 having to skip 2021. And then, yeah, maybe he also got a little bit of help from Donna just loading up the tournament with a bunch of Ivy league teams and then kind of Mickey mouse the, the way in there. I don't want to give too much of that away to Milliman, but Milliman definitely deserves credit. And he also deserves credit for bringing use, like growing that branch of the tree. So I I'm with you there. I just, I, I don't want to give away too much of it. I'm not calling Connor Busick, Brian Billick. I'm just saying that. Milliman, like you are. Oh no, 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 no. I'm just saying that Milliman, I think that people, I think that people last year were like, what, look, look, look at what Busick did in you. And I, Hand up, me too, me too. But I, I think we, we had to take a step back and be like, oh wait, who really got last year's seniors, juniors, and some of those sophomores into the Cornell program? Milliman. Yeah, I listen. I, I agree. It's just like there, there was a lot of really weird stuff going on with how, like uh, you know, like the whole John Grant Jr. situation, where like that was just a unsalvageable relationship and and junior ends up leaving hop like it just seemed like it seemed like i i don't think that any of us were wrong i don't think that we were wrong for for realizing that hopkins was absolute dog shit maybe we were just wrong for writing him off so soon yeah and also i i, I will say this people forget people forget the 2020 season with hopkins the second half of that year, how dirty they were with like Cole Williams 
2021. And they like, I feel like they almost beat Maryland in the Big Ten Championship the year that they had Bernhardt. I can't, I, I don't remember the score, but somebody, somebody in the comments, keep commenting on our YouTube, by the way. I like, yeah, they, so they, they lost, they lost 12 10 in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. And, and that was, yeah, that was their final. I mean, listen, I, I don't know. I don't know if they were, if they were all that great in the uh, in, in the second half of the season, I mean, 2021, they did go, they went four and nine. Yes. Uh, and, and, and they had lost seven games in a row spanning from the middle of March uh, until the middle of April, but they what did was score the Maryland game the first time. So the, the Maryland game, the first time they lost by eight, it was 18 to 10. That was in the beginning of, of March of 2021. Now they did rattle off, a big they doubled up Penn State 15 to 7 to start May. Uh then they went and played against Rutgers, beat Rutgers 12 to 10, and then they lost to Maryland 12 to 10. So yeah, they, they were trending in the right direction. Uh then 2022 comes around, they go seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Still not great, but yeah, listen, the, the team's been trending in the direction. And that's why we've, you know, we've had the debate about is Hopkins like the we had the bit is Hopkins back, right? Because a the a 1210 loss in 2021 was was a Hopkins is back moment. This is a joke, but um yeah, I mean, listen, now now they've they've proven themselves. This has been a really strong year for them. Uh I think I don't I don't know. I, I still don't see them. Memorial Day contenders. I think that right now, like they are, I think I think that their ceiling at the moment is a is a quarterfinal team, and they might be able to surpass their ceiling by being a Final Four team. I I don't I don't know if that happens, but I, I think right now they're right where they should be, a quarterfinal team. Uh, I don't see them getting past Notre Dame, but I again I I don't I'm not fearful of having to do. Uh, an episode on Memorial day about how Hopkins is your 2023 national champions. I don't think that they're there yet, but where they're at right now, credit to Milliman for that. And I think that like, this will be again, there's their standard. I don't know where their ceiling goes. I don't know. It, it probably goes to final four. We'll see if they're like, Oh shit. Like this team is winning a national championship this year. Um, but yeah, between they're, they're definitely playing deep into May every year for a while. Yeah, great turnaround for uh, for Hop in general. Uh, I really wanted to ask you this. I know because we're probably we're going to 18 minutes in, haven't talked about a game yet. But I, I I think the people will like this. I came across this Whip Stakes LSM Colin Squire. So he uh, he had a little debate with his friends. Did you see this? I did not. He said, "Could LeBron James right now against like a solid high school team, like a like a New York, New Jersey?" Uh, Philly team with like four to five D one kids, good good role players. Could LeBron James with one week of lacrosse practice score three goals? You're thinking too long. Yeah. Oh, it's he scores five. Again, I think the only the only thing that could potentially you, you, if, if, if you have a d1 goalie commit then no he doesn't score five see i don't i i still i, I think that he just like 
just learns how to cradle could get through any fucking body, any anybody and any body, and it just gets to the crease. If he just knows how to throw it from the crease to the goal, it's gonna slip by. I'm I'm saying that a week isn't long enough for LeBron to get that. Uh, Dude, I like here's the thing. Like you think about uh now now listen, obviously they're different caliber athletes. But not really that much different caliber athletes, but they're still like uh, there's LeBron is LeBron and like Charles Barkley is Charles Barkley. Like they're still both elite athletes. Like obviously LeBron's like a little bit more of a specimen, but like think about how much Charles Barkley plays golf and how he still can't figure out how to fucking swing the club. I like, I, I don't think that you can give LeBron just a week and he'll figure out how to like, not like, like two hand, like try to like push the ball out of his stick to shoot. He's getting stuffed by uh, he's getting stuffed by a goalie who commits anywhere to college. Okay, here's here's the argument I'll make. Garden City, Garden City football has some athletes, right? Yeah, bunch of lacrosse coaches are the, are football coaches. They'll pluck a really good football player and be like, "How about you come like try try like short stick D midi or something for us in tryouts for the first week?" I've seen kids pick up sticks for the first time. Absolutely, blow. But like they still can score in gr- drills. And like these aren't kids that are like excellent. Like we're talking about LeBron James, premier athlete. You're using a very good example that fits the narrative. Like this isn't Charles Barkley, fat piece of shit that at like 60 years old. This Yo, let's not forget athlete. like Ch- like LeBron Chuck is a fucking like Chuck is yeah, like, dude. Charles Barkley would be like uh, a top, and, and like now I'm like feeding into the narrative, but like Charles Barkley would be like a top five athlete to play lacrosse. Maybe not right now at this at this moment, but like even even in the height of of Chuck's career, he probably couldn't swing a, a golf club. Like it, it's just I've just seen he, some pretty pretty bad lacrosse players score in Garden City. Like good yeah, at that's, that's, that's because that's not a great program. That it's four to five. It's four to five. <laughs> four to five D one commits. Twenty twelve, the whole team committed. I just I I think that he's doing the like he's just like trying to like shove the ball out of his stick for the first week. You give him a month, you give him a month, and you're like, hey, LeBron, go go hit the wall for a little bit. You get LeBron to hit the wall for for a little while, and yeah, then he scores in a month of of training. No, you're not giving him enough credit. You're not giving him enough credit. You're not. He's too strong that this little push goes ten ten feet. I'm not saying he knows where it goes. I'm not saying he's shooting. But he, he he would score three goals stupid easily. Who I don't, I don't I, I, no 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 I've I let me be clear about this real quick. I said that he would score three goals in a game. Okay. You said five. Oh, oh, oh I was just saying five, just like, oh yeah, he's easily doing it. You no, I, I I think he squeaks three in. Like I'm not saying he gets shut out, but I'm just saying like he's going to run through six guys. Although here's the thing, like eventually, like He's going to run through the guys fast enough to where like no one's going to trail check him. So I don't think this You can trail check him. The one debate that the one thing I ever got held up on is is he going on into that game as LeBron and everybody knows his objective. Like is everybody on the same page like we have to stop LeBron from scoring three goals? 
No, or but is I, just a no, guy that, I, okay. So I, I think I think you I think that you play him straight up, like you play him regular, right? Like you still have your guy to cover. Like you, I don't know, you, you slink into a zone or whatever. But either way, like you're not. It's not just one verse six, right? Like it, it's like an actual game scenario. But let's say LeBron, like he runs through his like the slide's still coming, and he's going to be able to dodge the slide. But then like I, like a crease collapse, you're getting the ball out of the stick. I it, it could happen. It could happen. Again, also, also something to keep in mind, like he can run by guys, but like, let's not forget like the ward call these days. Like you can't just put your shoulder down and run through guys anymore. Like if, if you lead with the head, that's a ward. I agree. I think, I think that's getting a little too technical. And I think that if they're going to, if they're slot, so the thing, the thing that the only trouble I'm, I agree with you on is that if there's a fucking five five kid from I don't know some five five loser from Springfield Pennsylvania that's coming to slide on, that's coming to slide to guess what he probably already has a full league. ride to Lehigh <laughs> if like some five five pipsqueak from Springfield slides to LeBron on Garden City like and LeBron just puts his shoulder down on this five five kid in six nine like refs are just gonna call it a penalty I agree with that but what's what's know, LeBron just, like what's LeBron's wingspan. Like seven feet. All right. So yeah, you've got about you've got about a foot to like because again, like dude, you get a kid, you get a kid who's a D one commit who can throw a nasty fucking little can opener or whatever. Like, I don't know, dude. You, you, I dude. I yeah. I think you fucking slide like like th- this goes against what every high school coach is like screaming right now. Like you got to slide with the body. No, you don't slide with body to LeBron James who was only played for a week, you slide strictly with stick and you, and, and you, he drops the ball. I'm not so, so Rowlett said, Braun would probably give me three goals. Jack Rowlett said that PLL player. Yeah, that, but like, that's, I don't know, man. I, I, again, like a, a week, we're talking about a week of LeBron. I think he just don't need to know how to cradle. One week in the McDougal's coaching tree, I, 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 this is the thing that people like if LeBron, if LeBron, <laughs> if, if LeBron cradled from the 50 yard line to the crease, every he would have, he would have like every single offer in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Before I, he takes a shot. I don't know. I, I still think you're landing some checks and, and just a week of cradling. He's, he's dropping the ball. Yes. You can take, you can take the ball away from him. You can take the, you like to go to beat a team 15 to nothing. Like you could still be up 15. Like they could still win the game 15 to three. He just has to score three goals. Yeah, I, again, I agree with the three goals against the high school team. I think I that Rowlett's I, 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 I think that Rowlett's being a little ridiculous and saying that LeBron would give him three right now. I agree. I, 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 I would disagree with that. Now, again, LeBron, like the longer it goes on, the more realistic it becomes. Like I think you give LeBron two and a half months. I I I think that yeah, he's he's probably He's Last probably year. putting a three-piece on, on, on the chouse. You give him one year to train. Any position in lacrosse. Do you think that LeBron can make a PLL roster? Fully dedicates himself for a year. 
fully dedicates himself to the year. Just as much as he, just as hard as he trains for, for basketball. Probably. Yeah. What position? So here I have, I've, I've, I've got him running out of the box as a midfielder. Okay. All right. That's not, not going to disagree. Think about he make he big Miles Jones look like a like like a bitch on that field like not like a bitch but like the height wise that's his five inches on him it's crazy yeah. to think about it. like and just how much bigger Miles Jones is on the field I would either put LeBron at LSM and is he too good of an athlete for Fogo or is it that too does he have to get too low it one it's it's too low for him okay um two the the LSM like here's the thing I and I'm I'm never quick enough to give defensive guys credit. Um, but like, I, I just hate defensemen with, with my whole life, but I, I feel like, I feel like as an L like that's almost, it would almost take him longer. Cause one, he has to like, he might not have to figure out how to handle the ball as well, but like to be able to throw those checks, like you, I, he, needs I, 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 he needs one push. And he breaks, he breaks, he, he breaks Serge Perkvik's ankle like mine. Right. So that, that, but, but what I'm saying is like, I would then use him as, as a short stick D mid. I, I, I don't know if putting the pole in his hands is. Right. Is, I think he's making that much is, more lethal. And, and plus, again, with the seven foot wingspan, it's like he's already got the, the, the long pole anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely like a fun debate. I was actually, this is, 30 minutes in haven't talked one game but i have the last thing i'll say is i got stuck in a little wormhole today did you know that notre dame notre dame quarterback and alabama quarterback right now tyler buckner was a higher rated recruit in the inside lacrosse system than brennan o'neill so i i didn't know that but i also like on the system or like a like a ty zanders uh recruiting thing like I'll show like the, the everyone gets a grade, right? Tyler Buckner, is this coming in clear? Mm, not not really, but also like Tyler I, Buckner ninety four, Brendan O'Neill ninety one. I don't know how those work though. Dante Trader was a ninety, but yeah, I guess like Tyler Buckner when he was younger was like unofficially the number one recruit like for lacrosse in the country out west, but just that's insane. Um. Certified lax guy. Yeah, and then I found out that Will Shipley, the Clemson running back, his brother is James brother. Shipley. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I told the story about that, but I was so when I went to go watch Penn versus Duke uh, at Franklin Field, I was I was standing next to uh, the Shipley clan, and I I don't there might have been like brothers, like not Will Shipley, uh, but like uh, there might have been like some friends and and family there. And like all these people were in like Clemson gear, and I was like, I, I didn't pick up on it either. I was like, what the fuck are like all these? Yeah. People? And 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 they're all like, they're all talking about James Shipley and like all like the other kids on the team because I guess they know like in like here like James Shipley talk about all the like calling them by their nicknames. So I was like, what like who are all these fucking people in these Clemson jackets yeah. who like know the Penn lacrosse team well enough to know all of the nicknames. I was like, what is going on here? And then like, as I was leaving, I found out someone was like, like, yeah, dude, he, that kid, that kid's a, a beast. Like kind of makes sense because of his brother. I was like, what are you talking? He's like, dude, his brother's bullshit. I was like, okay, yeah, now, now that makes sense. But I was, I was so confused for like four straight quarters. 
Do you know the Brenneman, Adam Brenneman's podcast where he like interviews like all these people? It's like the former Penn State tight end. Uh, like, I, I I don't, but for the sake of conversation, I'll pretend that I do. It's not in, yeah, but he, yep. he he's basically doing Will Shipley. And he was like talking, Will Shepley's talking about his recruiting story, how the coach, he was like, what, what can I get better coach? And the coach was like, yeah, just quit football and stick to lacrosse. And I was like, oh, that can kind of seems like some like, like under racial undertone. Cause like he's white. And then like, I look up like Will Shipley lacrosse on Twitter and it's like MVP of Maverick showcase, like his lacrosse. Islands, he's <laughs> fucking nasty. And I was just like, what the hell? I like look up. He's like, brother James plays at Penn. I was like, oh my God. Like this like lacrosse football, like crossover is just going to get like, weirder and weirder as time goes on um just like with who, people like like what if tyler buckner just like chose across yeah like he, it, i don't know the whole thing is just crazy but i was in a deep wormhole before this so well i mean i, I guess the the answer to that would be like like doc saken chose lacrosse doc saken is about that? to be a, a new england patriot should we talk about that i mean that's absurd it, do you think he makes the roster or so like, I mean, he here's the, like he's he could have been playing ball for Villanova had COVID not ruined that. So like if if Chris Hogan can go from playing Penn State lacrosse to right. playing football at Monmouth to right. making an NFL roster, right. and if uh, Jared Bernhardt can go from playing lacrosse at Maryland to then playing D two at Ferris State and then make an NFL roster, like I, I don't see why. Docs can't go from being the athlete who we know that he is to being able to play football at Villanova. He just didn't get a chance to play the season because of, you know, this whole like global pandemic thing. I don't, I don't see why he doesn't um, or why he couldn't make the roster. He, he might not, but like I think that he's for sure the athlete too. Uh, he's definitely been training too. Like I know that's not like we're not breaking news on that, but he's definitely ready to go. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of was the, Chris Hogan, like Monmouth, obviously, Patriots, the, that whole connection. But yeah, I, I I'm rooting for Doc as a Patriots fan. I'd love to see him on the roster. He's a nice guy. Uh, he's fucking ginormous. Um, we could use some wide receiver weapons also right now. We need I, I would I would just hate to see it because he's a Philly boy, and I don't want to see him help the Patriots. Yeah, but. it's crazy the free real estate that Patriots have in Eagles fans' heads. Like you guys, you guys beat us, and like we we don't even think about you guys. Celtics no. just a little. Celtics just a little. All right, so Celtics we've got four, you we've know, got four, four, four final games really? coming up this weekend, and they get going. You motherfucker! Uh, all right, should we talk some actual lax? Yeah, yeah. Before we talk about no, before we talk about the fake lax, let's talk about like the Dayton Flyers winning the real national championship before D two MCLA national champs as a nine seed first Jordy. Let me just tell you this. The MCLA last year kicked Dayton out of the tournament because of some bullshit rules because of ineligibility. Dayton would have won the national championship last year. 2020, my senior year, we would have won the national championship too. So hypothetically, Dayton was going for the three-peat this year. Um, 1-0 in our last one. But uh, shout out to the Dayton boys on winning the national championship, bringing home that trophy. Uh, Seniors have been through a lot. The senior group started off uh, covid then the next year getting canceled last year ineligibility in the tournament. So they couldn't play in a tournament game and then uh, beating our rivals, St. Thomas in overtime of the game. Fuck St. Thomas. Fuck the Tommies. Dayton on top. We're not done. So I, I would like to say, like, I, I wish, 
I wish that we had the, and, and this isn't like me bitching, like, oh, Barstool doesn't give us resources. Like, it's just the, the reality of the situation. But how nice would it be to have the resources to be able to do like a, uh, like, 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 like the Prime video, like to be able to have you go down and like infiltrate uh, a, just a, a club program for like a season and just document what goes on in, in the club lacrosse world for a full season. Like, that would be, that would be tremendous content. If, some, if somebody out there with money wants to do it and would like back us, we'll, we'll do this. We want to do more content like this, but like a hundred percent, because just as much as there are these, there's these club teams that have a sh- like they drink a lot, they party on the weekends. They don't have to tra- travel like 20, 30 miles like from Fairfield to Providence. It's a quick trip. Like Dayton lacrosse. I like, we do drink. We have fun. We have our parties. We, we, we do what we need to do. But there's weekends where you have to go to like bumfuck North, North Dakota, give up your weekends, and play in fucking cold ass weather for three straight days, thirteen hour bus rides, just for the love of the sport. So, my like my respect to a bunch of club programs that don't really have money or the funding. Um, Dayton's fortunate enough to have that, but th- there's a lot that goes into these diff- different pl- club programs, and some just don't have enough money. Um, some just have like different. Uh, travels and everything, but yeah, it, it's definitely so interesting. Uh, I would love to see like like the, a Kyle Hartzell doc at Texas. Yeah, well, li- listen. I mean, if you're listening right now, and and maybe like you're some high school kid from Connecticut, and and you're a big fan of the game, you're a big fan of the podcast. One, thank you for listening. Uh, and two, just go into your dad's wallet, grab his credit card, send some money to the boys, and and let's just bankroll this project, and we'll have Dukes document uh, that maybe the Texas Longhorns club program for for a full season. So, um, yeah, and listen, your dad can just use it as a, as a tax write off later in the year, so he won't miss it one bit. It, it'll be just a, a little drop in the jar for him. My dad's a lawyer; he's got you covered. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some uh, some more lax talk. We've got four games coming on deck this weekend. We've got two of them on Saturday at twelve o'clock and at two thirty p.m. Both on ESPNU. Uh, these games, these will be at Hofstra, correct, Duke? Dukes, whoa. <laughs> I actually team. meant to look that up. I don't know if Hofstra has. I've been trying to find that. Uh, I know that Annapolis has one. Annapolis. I couldn't find Hofstra during, when I was looking it up. Is it at Albany? It's, it's... I know it goes, I think it goes on and off, and I know last year had it. Maybe yes, Hofstra. Okay, so the, so these games on the island, uh, we've got starting off, we've got Virginia and Georgetown. Uh, I mean, listen. No, Albany. Okay, yep, yep. All, all right, so the, <laughs> close enough. Great, great lax town. So you know that we're going to have a great environment for the first couple quarterfinal game. I mean, we're going to have a great environment all weekend long. I, th- I think Albany, Annapolis, and then leading into Philly, I think that uh, NCAA – crush this one we've we've got a, a lot of great venues coming up here uh but number two virginia taking on number seven georgetown georgetown winners of 13 straight virginia you know who they are you know who they've got obviously led by connor schellenberger who by all account i don't know the 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 to race is going to be really close this year uh, i want to say mostly with with connor and and brennan um but I mean, this Virginia team, absolutely loaded. Uh, a little bit of news, actually, with Virginia. As I think after the season, it was announced that Cole Caster is going to try to play uh, some college hoops. Uh, so maybe, 
What's so after, after next year. After, okay, so after next year. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, listen, maybe that just – Virginia, are they taking their eye off the prize a little bit? They're thinking a little too far in advance. Maybe, you know, they, they've got to keep their eye on, on this Georgetown team uh, this weekend because Georgetown is playing very good. Good enough to maybe keep this game within somewhere between three to four goals. Right. Uh, but but I, I, I think that Virginia is still a rather heavy favorite in this Oh, and we just kind of cut out there for a second. Okay, but when we go back, let's go back to 2021, the last time that Virginia won a, uh, a national championship. 2021, we had a Virginia versus Georgetown matchup in the quarterfinals. This is when, I mean, Georgetown, the, the stock had never been higher on Georgetown. They had a massive start to the COVID season in 2020. They started off 2026-0. Everyone was was fired up for Georgetown. Going into 2021, uh, going into the quarterfinals, we had uh, we thought that this was I remember too because this was the night game. This this was the last game on a Saturday night, so it was a great day of lacrosse. Uh, big big tilt between Georgetown and Virginia, uh, with with a ticket to be punched to the national championship. Georgetown got their fucking dicks kicked in. It was a 14 to three final for Virginia. Total outclassing. Uh, pretty sure the the, the last game of the Jake Carraway era. Right. Uh, and he had a ridiculous streak. I want to say where he had scored at least a point in like 55, like 55 straight games, I forget what the record was, but he, he just at a point, like almost every single college game he's ever played in and Virginia and that lengthy defense shut him out and uh, shut that Georgetown team out. And yeah, that was, uh, I was there. Great game. Virginia had something special that year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Schellenberger had six and one that game. Uh, Ian Laviano was the only other player on Virginia to score more than one goal. He had two. Uh, but, you know, you see see some familiar faces chipping into that game. Xander Dixon got himself on the board. Uh, Peyton Cormier got himself on the board. Uh, PV LaSalle also tucked one in. And, yeah, I mean, the – holding Jay Carraway in that game to, to just a single goal or not a single goal, even a, a single assist. So now we, we roll back the clock to, to 2023 kind of, I, I wouldn't say set like, I, I think that the stock on Georgetown is still a little bit lower, um, but you've got a team in, in Georgetown that's starting to really play, uh, play really well. Um, you know, you're, you're getting, all of the production that we thought that we'd be getting out of a guy like Tucker Dordovic, we're getting that, uh, that, that transfer midfield line really, really chipping in here. Um, Nikki Solomon getting himself on the board, uh, grand bunny junior doing grand bunny junior things, just shooting the piss out of the ball. Now they're going up against a defense that they haven't really seen anything like that. I mean, yeah, they, they played against Notre Dame in the beginning of the year and they got trounced. They they almost got doubled up. It was fifteen to eight. Like most teams do. Like most teams do. They haven't seen uh, a defense of that caliber. So that was that was back in February. They haven't seen a defense of that caliber up until this weekend. So I don't know. I I think that twenty twenty one game, while there aren't a lot of 
the same names that you'll see on this Georgetown team as opposed to 2021, I think that we probably get a pretty similar result where you've got guys on Georgetown who are, you know, they're building up their confidence. They're feeling good about their games. They're, you know, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders and all of a sudden they run into a fucking buzzsaw and they just don't know where to go from there. Uh, so I, I I do think that this first game of the quarterfinals, I think that we're in for an ugly beatdown. Look, I tend to agree. The only thing I'm going to withstand from is, again, my X Factor. The entire year, I've said it once, Jordy. I'll say it again. If they win next week, I'll say it again then. The X Factor to this Virginia team is a man by the name of Matthew Nunes. And Nunez. Nunez, yeah, it's famously... Famously quoted by me myself, um, but yeah, Nunez has this ability. He's either there's actually that's a great thing. There is two goalies. Matthew Nunez has showed up all year, and then when he plays Notre Dame, he's Matthew Nunez. If Matthew Nunez shows up, then every single game, if Matthew Nunez shows up, Virginia national champs. But he does have the opportunity to get shelled, in my opinion. I think that Georgetown has the weapons to shell him and to rattle him. Um, now, do they get the ball enough to, to do that, right? So got to figure out, like, what, what what's the health situation with Riley? Even a healthy Riley, it, it's a battle with P.D. LaSala, but I'd say that right. P.D. LaSala still comes out on top. So Riley, and again, in that 14-3 to game, a lot of people thought that Virginia got a lot of possessions in 2021 because Riley got hurt and within, like, within, like, the first, like, three face-offs. So – Yes, Riley's banged up. That is that is true. But if he can try to even neutralize it to a 60-40 battle, um, I don't know. I, I do I do think that when you're looking at like his best games, noons, like they've come against Notre Dame twice and Richmond twice. It's everyone else he's been somewhat average. So yeah, I think that Georgetown Georgetown has the, Georgetown has offensive weapons. That's all I'll say. I, I, I think that I think that if we get I think if we get Matthew Nunes to show up in this game, I think that hypothetically the the three to four goal range is is probably on the money. I still think even with a with the Nunes game, I I still think that Virginia is just that team, and I I don't think that they lose here in the quarterfinal two years in a row. I think if we get a Nunez to show up, little little spice between the pipes then we're talking closer to six, seven goals. Agreed. I was going to say that. Um, yeah, and I don't know. This will be a big matchup for Will Bowen. I mean, again, I'm not totally impressed overall with Georgetown's defense. I like Bowen's game a lot. But all right, shut down Schellenberger. What, he'll have zero and three? Dick Xander will have four goals. Cormier puts home five himself. Like, you don't stop this Virginia defense, or this Virginia offense just by slowing down. Not even slowing down. Like, it's just... He doesn't have to create do stuff himself. That's how talented this whole entire Virginia offense is. It's um, it's so because again, like you you got to shut down Schellenberger. Like that's that's number one. If you shut him down, that means that Dixon's now getting his. We know that Cormier is always getting his. Even if you have a chance to cut all three of those guys off a little bit, you still got a guy like like McCombie to worry about. Griffin shots like yeah you have to there's like three players you have to worry about on the attack that just have that have poles 24 7 throw that a little bit poles they have poles 24 7 but like 
then you have to figure out like, do you want to do the Duke method of shorting, shorting uh, Cormier? Do you want to like, you, you could think about even like, like who are you going to pull up top? Do you pull McConvey? Do you pull, then you got like Zinn. So there's just like so many weapons on this Virginia out of nowhere, Jeff Connor's good to pop off for two and one. Out, out of nowhere, guess what? You, you've got Peter Garno coming up and, and splashing right. one or two from like 13. And then you got like a Stanford captain linebacker who's running full steam ahead of you out of the box. And you're like, what the fuck did I choose to go to Georgetown and play lacrosse for? I'm about to die out here. Call your mom from the stands. Um, but yeah, I do love Georgetown, though. It's a beautiful campus, beautiful look. I, I think that. I think that there are a lot of good reasons to go to Georgetown to play lacrosse. Just the one downside is you're probably going to get the shit kicked out of you by Virginia in the quarterfinals. You got a lot of good things going for you. And then the weekend comes around where you've got to play Virginia in the quarterfinals. And you're like, fuck, like it, it's, it's like when you make like drunk plans and like all of a sudden, like it like months in advance. And right. then all of a sudden that day comes and you're like, God damn it. Like why the fuck did I say yes to that guy? Like I, I don't want to go on this like fucking bullshit hike. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. 100%. Now um, I've got to do that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you go to Georgetown, you go to Georgetown, you go to Georgetown with the hopes, I guess at this point, you, you, you at one point, Georgetown, you went to Georgetown to try to help help them bring them to championship weekend, give them the, that national championship. Now you go to Georgetown, hopefully just avoid getting your shit kicked by Virginia in the quarterfinals. And this class just wasn't lucky enough to do that. You had one job, avoid Virginia in the quarterfinals, and they, and they just couldn't get embarrassed. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I don't see Georgetown winning this game. Um, if, if they do, we're fucked because I kind of pronounced Georgetown frauds week three. Yeah. Um, also, you're kind of fucked because. So what did we say that it was just for Virginia, Duke, and Notre Dame getting to the final four? I said three out of four would make there, so I, I think I'm kind of alive still. Okay. So okay. So you said all right. So because he, again, because. Virginia doesn't, then all of a sudden we're getting a little close to goalie yeah. challenge, no cop. Um, I guarantee three out of four. Okay. Uh, all right. So now we've got the second game on Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. We've got Duke taking on Michigan. Duke, the one seed. Michigan coming in uh, after, you know, just just what a, what a run that they've been going on over these past few weeks. Uh, they take down the eight seed Cornell in the first. So I'm, let, let's just roll it back a little bit, right? So we go back. I mean, they've stacked up five wins in a row here uh, and five really good wins. They, they go back to back against Ohio State and, and beat them twice. We always say it's hard to beat the same team twice in, in one season, especially if you're playing them in back-to-back weeks. Michigan made light work out of Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State had a weird year, not a good lacrosse team, but still for Michigan, that's a really solid two weeks. Uh, then they play against Penn state to, uh, to, to what uh, they, they play against Penn state in the semifinal of the big 10 tournament, beat them 17 to 15. That, that right there was the biggest win of in program history to make it to the big 10 championship game. They play against Maryland in the Big Ten Championship game, fucking crush them 14 to 5, make the Terps tap out, uh, and 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 make uh John Tillman really just, you know, limp dick handshake his way uh out of the Big Ten tournament. That right there was the biggest win of in program history to win a Big Ten title to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. Then first round, take down Cornell in overtime. Biggest win in program history. First tournament win for the kids. Uh, overtime win. 
super emotional win for them. And now they have a chance to go up against the number one seed in Duke. They have a chance to win a game here to go to the final four in their first ever tournament appearance. They can make it to the final four, but they've got to get through a Duke team that pretty much everything we had just mentioned about Virginia, same exact thing applies to them. Who's going to shut down Brennan O'Neill? Who's going to shut down Dyson Williams if you hold Brennan Brennan O'Neill in check to score maybe just one goal and then four assists? While you're worried about those two, who's going to stop McAdory? As you're worried about all three of those, guess what? Garrett Ledman, fucking demon between the boxes, then going to come down and just stick like two or three on you. Uh, Balsamo has been a, a dog all year. Uh, Tommy Schelling, the Lehigh transfer. Can't forget about him. Guess what? There's another kid on this team with the last name Caputo. Want to know what guys with the last name Caputo do? Score a fuck ton of goals for the Duke Blue Devils lacrosse team. So, I mean, this, and then we, we haven't even talked about how absurd the, this defense lineup is. Um, I mean, for my money, Wilson Stevenson, just the, the, one of the scariest men uh, in all of, uh, all of college across Kenny Brower going to, going to be able to shut down whoever the, the best attackman is that he's covering. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, this Duke team is a wagon. They're a one seed for the reason, Michigan playing dangerously majestic ball. Like like they're, they're a team of destiny have said it once have said it twice. I'll probably say it three or four more times before we close up this episode. They've got a horseshoe up their ass right now. At what point Dukes does the butthole get a little too loose and that horseshoe drops out. Once, once Brennan O'Neill puts like, Gives it, like has like a, a face dodge and have Duke go up five goals. I'm really impressed with Ryan Schreiber on Michigan, the defenseman. Uh, I think I think he's a stud and kind of like the Georgetown problem. I don't know how much you can really just rely on one defender in a team game. Um, I I do think that Duke has the potential to shell them. I mean, Naso is a great faceoff guy. I just don't think that. Again, like we've kind of said this all year, Jordy, right? It's one, two, three, then who? Right? We said it's basically you could go four. Like, I was kind of big on Maryland being like, I, I trusted that Maryland could kind of get it done. But really, it was four to eight. There wasn't, there's a marginal difference, right? Michigan's about to find that out, in my opinion. So, the you, the nerds, you look the at- analytics might have this a little bit closer to like a three goal game, as we talked about. I don't know, man. I mean, Naso's tough from the X. I know Michigan's got two studs in uh, Wheelstead and Rowlett at like the faceoff X, but I, I just think that this this Duke team's too much. And you kind of hit the nail on the coffin with the, the defense, the midfield, the weapons, the attack line. Duke's hungry. Duke knows it's one win away from getting back to championship weekend. I'll, I'll take the Blue Devils. Yeah, I mean, you just you look at what Michigan has done over the past month, and it's been tremendous. It's it's incredible for this program. Um, really happy for them. Really happy for Kevin Connery. But you look at what they did against teams that weren't in the Big Ten. Um, and yeah, obviously they got the win against Cornell. But Cornell was like 
Cornell, uh, whatever the opposite of peak peaking at the right time is, Cornell did the the total. They bottomed out at the absolute worst time possible. Um, I mean, you look. They they started off the season with a seventeen to thirteen loss to Virginia. It's honestly not bad. It's just a four goal loss to Virginia. But you also have to remember that that's in you know the middle of February before anyone really gets themselves going. So how much stock can you really put in that? Not too much. March 18th against Notre Dame at home, you can probably put a little bit of stock in a game like that. Uh, and they ended up losing that game 18 to eight. So, I mean, Duke on the same caliber as, as Notre Dame, I, I think that, you know, maybe Michigan's definitely playing a little bit better than, than they were certainly at that point. Um, Duke's probably playing just as good, if not a little bit better than Notre Dame was playing at that point. So an 18 to eight game back in the middle of March, I, I, I would say maybe, maybe rounds out to like a, like a 17 to nine game here. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Duke's going to kick the shit out of them. Um, yeah. And, and it, it sucks to say, because right now I'm kind of thinking that the Saturday of the quarterfinal, um, both going to be kind of big blowouts. Now, I don't know if I've ever been wrong before. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. So I, I, the, the possibility is there that I could definitely be wrong. But the way that it looks right now is we've got two blowouts coming up. Yeah, I mean, we've never been wrong, so that can't be right, to be honest. Yeah, I don't even know why I said it. Uh, all right, so I, th- I think we're both in agreement there that Duke and Virginia move on. Um, would I love to be proven wrong? <sighs> Yeah, sure. It'd be like awesome for Michigan, but no, I I don't want to see it. I want to see the Virginia and and Duke, uh, at least at least Duke versus one of them clashing up in the Final Four. Um, so I think that that's that's best for everyone involved. I I think that Michigan right now, listen, you guys had a great season, incredible run to get here. I think your story comes to an end, and it's better for everybody moving forward. Uh, if, if you just get this loss out of the way now, as opposed to in Philadelphia in front of a couple more thousand fans. Uh, so then that brings us into Sunday down in Annapolis, Naptown. What, what, a, what, a, what a city that is. Uh, great venue down there. So anyone who's in the area, I'm sure that they're going to get plenty of people out there. They're, they're crazy about lacrosse down there. Uh, but even, listen, if, if you're like an hour or so drive away and you're on the fence about it, absolutely fucking go down there. Grab yourself some great spots for lunch. Uh, maybe, maybe hit up a dinner spot before you head home. Annapolis kicks ass. And it gets started on Sunday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern on ESPNU. We've got Penn State taking on the troops in Army. Uh, Penn State getting into the quarterfinals. I believe their first trip probably back to the quarterfinals since t- that 2019 team. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it would have to be. Um so getting into the quarterfinals after taking down Princeton, they had a little bit of trouble with Princeton in the beginning of the game, switched some things up. Coach Tambo made some, some big time adjustments. They were able to pull out that 13 to 12 gritty, gritty win by the Penn state Nittany lions against Princeton army getting here after slaying Maryland, Maryland. They they've played in each of the last two national championship games. They won the last one. 
little bit of an up and down season for them, but they're still Maryland in May and army was able to take care of business with a one goal win against Maryland uh, after army won the Patriot league tournament. I think out of all the games on deck this weekend, I mean, I definitely both of the Sunday games are, are better and a little bit more intriguing than the, than Saturday games, at least on paper. Um, but I think that Penn state army, like, I think that this is just a, a battle of who has the ball last. Um, I, I, I think that now what I will say is uh, so, so what, what's, what's army's goalie's name? Uh, Knox, Knox Dent. Dent. I, I think with the way that he played against Maryland, I think that, uh, you know, Penn state, we've said plenty of times before the season that like Maryland didn't have like the guy on offense this year. Um, But I I still think that they have a few more guys than Penn state does offensively. Um, And if Knox Dent was able to do what he did against that offense, I think that he has probably a pretty similar performance uh, in, in this one against Penn state. So I think the combination of Knox Dent, getting you you can ride a hot goalie to Memorial Day weekend. Um and I think that that's kind of what we'll end up seeing here happen in this game. Yeah, I think the more that I watch Penn State uh since like I I don't have to watch all the games on like Big 10 plus anymore. Um I I really fallen in love with the goalie and I'll give him love. Yeah, Frackian. Uh I th- definitely botched that, but he, I think he's I, no, I, I think he might have gotten that right. But yeah, he was like a second or third team all-American. Um, I, I think that he's kind of flown under the radar, which probably just where, where he wants to be. And then face off edge, I'll probably it goes definitely goes to Army. Um, I think Coletti, Coletti, forget what it is. Let me double check. Bad radio, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio. Will Coletti, yeah, Will Coletti. So, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll give the face off edge to to army without a doubt. Um, and when you're going back to the guy army doesn't have guys, they have a team, they have a unit, they're their army. I actually like what Penn state has with their guys more. I think that, you know, trainer Malone, um, just to name a few to really get them going. I'll, I'll ride Penn state in this one. Um, I think, I think army will keep this one close. I won't be surprised to see their punch uh, ticket punched. Um, we'll never not support the troops if they get it done. But yeah, I think that Tambro ha- is on a mission to prove people wrong to, to get back to championship weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously a little bit skewed playing in the Patriot league and you could probably end up calling it a down year in, in Pat Lacks, but yeah. uh, our army had the second best defense in all of college lacrosse this year. Um, and obviously a lot of that has to do with, with some big time saves. Um, but again, the, I mean, this is, this is the defense system of the United States of America, right? The leaders of the free country. These are the guys defending our country. Obviously they're going to be able to defend a little six by six goal. Um, and I, I just don't know, listen, Penn, Penn state has plenty of firepower. I love the trainer brothers. Big, big trainer brother fan, diehard fan of the trainer brothers. Love TJ Malone. Um, Ethan Long had a great weekend last week. I just, I don't know. I, I think that this defense, again, the defense and the fact that you can ride a hot goalie into Memorial Day weekend has me really falling in love with Army on this one. 
Also, when's the last time we had a service academy playing championship weekend? Had to be Navy during the like na- Navy in like two thousand two, two thousand one with with, with Matt Russell. Yeah. Yeah, so would love to see a service academy uh, in in the Final Four again. I think that that would be electric. I think that that would add so much to the crowd uh, in in Philly for championship weekend. So I'm right. I mean, obviously, listen, having Penn State um, in in attendance for championship weekend in Philly would also be huge. But I don't know. I would love to see a service academy there. So I'm riding with uh, with Army Dukes. It sounds like you're riding with uh, Penn State. Uh, theoretically, on paper, Penn State's probably the better team by by about two goals. Um, but I, I just think the intangibles. I like Army in this one, especially. You got to remember they're going to be playing with a little bit more juice playing at, at the Naval Academy on this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'd like to see their record there over the past couple of years or something. To do, really... do you think that the, that the Navy team will be in attendance? Or do you think, think that they're, they're to home? Chirp, to chirp them? See, I don't know. You can't chirp so, them. So, so is that like a... You can't chirp. Is, is it almost like, like SEC? It just means more where like you're like playing against... You're playing against each other. You hate each other, but then they're playing against anybody else, and you're rooting for Army. No, and I think you can't. You can't be there. You can't show face. You got to get. Just go home. Enjoy your summer. They're not going to be there. You don't think that they would? Uh, you can't chirp them because you're not in the tournament. Well, no, no, no. I'm I'm saying you don't think that they cheer for them. Like that. You don't. Oh, th- you don't think that Navy's rooting for Army a little bit against Penn State here? You think not a fucking chance? Not a fucking chance. All right. Well, if if, if you're uh, if, if if you're listening right now and you're in the chat and you are a, a service member, uh, maybe you're like Garrett Thule and, and you're listening right now. We know you are. Let us know if if you would ever cheer for the uh, for the rival service academy against another team. Maybe, yeah, I, yeah prob- probably not a chance. I don't. I don't think there's a chance, but there's always a, ch- a chance. It's not zero. But I, yeah, maybe it is pretty close to it. Uh, well, yeah. So on paper, Penn State probably the favorite there, but I do love the intangibles for Army. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll love probably we'll, we'll we'll figure out what their record at uh, at the Naval Academy's been over the past five or so years, uh, and then it all closes out. Three tickets will be punched at this point. We'll be looking for the fourth and final team to be. Uh, loading up the buses, packing their suitcases to go to Philadelphia for Memorial Day weekend. And this will be between Notre Dame and Johns Hopkins. It's at 2.30 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, if you had to just take a look at these two teams on paper, listen, Notre Dame, it's, it's, no, it's no secret. They're, they're a heavy favorite in this game. They probably win this game just on paper alone, somewhere between four to five goals. The Kavanaugh brothers, need I say more? Um, but Dukes, listen, I'm, I'm going to let you take this one away. I know, uh, no, listen, you, you're going to be waiting for this one all weekend long. So love to hear your thoughts heading into Hopkins versus Notre Dame at the U.S. Naval Academy, 2.30 p.m. on Sunday. 2015, let me set the scene for you, Jordy. 2015, it's a nice May day. 
at James Short Stadium in Hempstead, New York, at Hofstra University. Two Tawarton finalists are on that field. Two winners are on that field. They both play for Albany. They're both brothers. The most hyped-up lacrosse team of our generation. Stands are packed. The heat is brewing in on you. And there's a guy by the name of Matt Cavanaugh who's playing for Notre Dame. Now, the Cavanaugh's are, uh, obviously, you have all the Cav- Brendan Cavanaugh played at Hofstra. Then you got the two younger ones, Pat and Chris. Probably 11 years old at the time, right? 2015. That's the last time that Notre Dame went to the Final Four. Think about everything that Matt Cavanaugh did for the Notre Dame program. Everything he always fell short of at Denver. Always get the shit out of UNC. He never was able to get that national championship. Eats, eats at him. His two brothers have an opportunity to win Notre Dame their first title, to win a title for Matt, for the family, for the tradition of that school. And all they have to do is beat an old blue blood in Johns Hopkins. I can't think of anything more poetic to punch your ticket to, to the national championship. I mean, to the final four on your way to win a national championship. The Kavanaugh brothers want to bring this school glory they will bring this school glory, and I'm just I'm just happy that I'm an I'm on Team Irish. I'm so happy that just the blood runs thick in my in my blood. The Notre Dame blood runs thick. Um, but yeah, I I sincerely think that the Kavanaugh brothers at one point or another will bring this school to glory. Will win them a national championship. Um, I will be rooting the heck out of them. I think Entman's gonna be standing out on their head. This is also a fucking homecoming. Uh, no, it's not a homecoming. Sorry, I was thinking Hofstra. But uh, yeah, I I do think that. This is just—it's a business trip, and and Hopkins doesn't know, doesn't know that that, that they're packing heat, they're they're coming in. <laughs> I mean, did you watch it through the X? Did you watch it through the X with Cork? I did. No violence either. The, no the, 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 the through the X. So I, I didn't watch the full through the X with Cork. I, I the the one clip of these two fucking hooligans just snapping the ball around yeah. just little around the world to twister to like i would just if you put a uh just put a ring camera out in the backyard at the kavanaugh household at the kavanaugh estate uh and and just let everyone watch the boys just fucking snap it around on the backyard goal well i would watch that for a solid hour just to see uh what, what those maniacs come up with um yeah so you mentioned you know it is a business trip for notre dame let's not pretend like Notre Dame isn't traveling a fuck ton further to get to this game than Hopkins is. So that might play a little role in this one. I, I would say that that would factor in one or two goals. I, I, th- I think that that gives, I think that gives Hopkins one or two extra goals, just a quick little bus trip for this game, as opposed to hopping on a flight. That maybe keeps this game within six. Um, I, I think, listen, this, I, I think the worst possible thing that could have happened to this Hopkins team, and maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's not as bad because it gives them some confidence, but I think that just beating the fucking balls off of Bryant 22 to eight might give them a little sense of false confidence heading into this game. Um, obviously, obviously Notre Dame just trounced Utah, but Notre Dame is a team that's proven enough and talented enough um, and have, have really just grind, like have, have 
made their medal throughout the season enough to be able to trounce Utah and then follow it up. If they have to go to war with Hopkins, they go to war with Hopkins and they win. Um, I don't think that this Hopkins team is quite as battle ready and battle tested as Notre Dame because of they didn't get that, that good tune up in the first round of the tournament. They, they needed the Delaware game. Like they, they needed that matchup where they had to fight and claw their way to get a win. And now they're really in the throw of playoff lacrosse, like where they know that it's do or die uh, as opposed to just dunking on Bryant every 35 seconds. When's the last time that Johns Hopkins was tested with the defense? I mean, even Maryland, like they, they haven't been with Zapatello. Yeah. So, I mean, they, I, they, yeah, they got a good win against uh, Maryland when it was the fucking here I am thinking that we got rid of this word for the rest of the season, but in the rivalry game uh, to close out the regular season, I, I want to say that Zapatello was there for that, right? I think for the first one. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, they grinded that one out with the 12, 11 win, but F, but before that uh, they played against again, a, a dog shit Ohio state team. Uh, they lost to Penn state. They beat Rutgers, which whatever they beat Michigan before that they were a team of destiny. They did get a good win against Delaware, but that was all the way back in March. And now we're just going a little bit too far back in, into the to the year for it to really play that much um, in, into this game. So I think, yeah, I just think if they lose this game, I'd be furious at the Bryant Bulldogs if I were Coach Milliman because I'd be like, yo, like all you guys had to do was show up to Homewood and just give us a game, right? Give us something that we can work with. Like, the way that that game played out, Hopkins could have just had practice, right? And and maybe they would have got a little bit more out of it because they could work on some more things. Instead, they just had to beat Bryant's sorry ass. And then now you've got everyone feeling a little too good about themselves. You don't want to feel that. You want to feel good about yourself heading into a game against Notre Dame because you don't want to be gripping the stick a little too tight. Like you want to have that confidence to go after them and and believe that you can win this game. Right. You, you don't want to think, oh yeah, like fuck yeah, like had six goals last week. Like I, I can show up uh, even if I have four goals this game. We we can make it a, a good game. Like no, like every time you score against Notre Dame, keep the ball because it might be the only time it happens. Yeah, I mean I can't think of a more efficient team in the country than Notre Dame. Uh, you got to be careful with the ball. Um, they, they make you pay on both sides of the field. All right, so it seems like our only uh, our only differential in this is going to be uh, Penn State and Army. So Penn State, Army, winner of that game, loser goes home. Uh, other than that, yeah, we, we've got, listen, four good games, four games that we should all be watching, especially because there's only seven left in the college lacrosse season. With that being said, I don't see – Three out of the four of them being nail biters, but I do see Penn State Army coming down to whoever has the ball last. So I think that that's going to be a great game, great little Sunday afternoon matchup there. Uh, and the rest of the game, again, like you get to watch Schellenberger versus Tucker Dordovic. You get to watch Brennan O'Neill. Uh, you get to watch the Kavanaugh brothers. So great lacrosse to be watched. Make sure that everyone's tuning into ESPN. You know, listen, even if you've got shit to do, 
just turn on the game and leave it on your TV for for like the dog to watch, right? Let's let's get those ratings up for college lacrosse. Let's it's it's all about those numbers, baby. Uh, and speaking of those numbers, let's let's get the follower numbers up, right? Let's make sure that everyone's following us on Twitter and Instagram at the Crease Dive on both. Make sure that we're subscribing to the YouTube. It costs nothing at all, zero dollars for you to smash that subscribe button. Maybe leave a comment here and there. Tell Dukes about how good he looks after the the soft seventy five. Um, and yeah. Any any closing remarks before we head into the quarterfinal weekend, dudes? Did did we talk Lyle already on the last episode? We we mentioned briefly, uh, but we can mention again that that Lyle Thompson has announced that he'll be taking a year hiatus. Uh, he'll be taking off this summer from the PLL. Uh, spend some time with some from some family. Spend some time in the community. Doesn't want to be traveling every weekend. I think that we mentioned it briefly in the last episode. Yeah, it makes sense. I think that I saw some debates about whatever, whatnot. I mean, look, if the guy wants, the guy likes box across, well documented. If he wants to just stay close to his family, play a little box or whatnot, I'm okay with it. I mean, I saw, I think Evan Malloy's argument was like, it's a bad look for the PLL. No, I think it was, I, I, could you imagine, like the fact that they just got him to take a year sabbatical speaks volumes about how he feels about Paul and wanting to grow the game, in my opinion. Because if he truly didn't care about like, all aspects of what the PLL actually does, he would have just left the game and the outdoor game completely. So the fact that he's just like, I just need a summer off to take care of my, my body, my mental, my mental is my physicals and my family. God bless Lyle. And I hope that he has a great summer. And we, I know that as lacrosse fans, we can't see, wait to see him back out there. Yeah. I mean the, the, I, cause I have seen it getting thrown around there a lot where it's like, like if Lyle ends up playing senior a box this summer, people will be like, Oh, well he's, Look at him, he's playing box across like it, but he's not playing in the PLL. He must hate the PLL. And it's like, no, like that's not the case. Like you you have to understand it's not just these guys don't just show up and play lacrosse, right? Like they have to travel to to Utah one week to go play a game. Then they have to go travel to Atlanta one week to play a game. Then they have to travel to Louisville one week to play in an all-star game, which Lyle would be an all-star. So uh you know, and especially because Lyle probably already has a trip to San Diego on his docket for the summer in the in the World Games. So, yeah, if he wants to stay close to home and play some box games while he's at home, that's completely different than having to travel every single week for PLL. So it's not because he doesn't like the PLL or he doesn't like field across. It's just that that's one. It is well documented that he likes box better, which whatever. Um, but two completely different being able to stay home the majority of the summer and also do that. Yeah. And another thing is, is one of the greatest things that we talk about with the PLL, in my opinion, is the access that it gets us with the players. Um, I think that like a lot of the young kids like that, uh, everything that RJ does shout out RJ, my absolute boy been contacting him. Can't wait for Albany. But like, again, it's not like every player. And I guess like a player like Lyle is really like, he cannot wait for RJ to come up to him with a camera and like do this whole shebang with him. Like I just can't, Lyle's never struck me as that guy. Um, so like just the fact that like, if he wants to go play box, he doesn't have any of these media interviews. He doesn't have like the cameras. It, it makes sense. that He just needs a summer away from stuff and just come back refreshed, recharged. And uh, I hope he takes care of himself because we can't wait to see him. Yep. Couldn't say it any better than that. Uh, all right. Well, in the meantime, yeah, four games this weekend, 12 and 2.30 on Saturday, 12 and 2.30 on Sunday, ESPNU. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high for the day we die. We out.
the dance by standing on the wall. Get your back up off the wall. Tell me, how you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing on the wall? Get your back up 